Welcome back to School of Calisthenics. It is Tim and Jacko. And this week, it's another opportunity on our playground session for you to listen to us being guests on somebody else's podcast. And I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'm going to let Jacko introduce it because secondary to me, this is his biggest man crush on the planet. Jacko, who is it? My third favourite man after yourself and my dad. Um, now it's Carlos, Carl Paoli, our uh, good friend on the Freestyle Connection podcast. Um, he asked us to be guests on and it was an absolute pleasure to, we took a deep dive to him. We didn't talk about just how to do a handstand, how to do a flag. It was, we talked about our backgrounds, we talked about business, the background to the business. Um, and he, he asked a couple of really uh, awesome questions that made us stop and have to really think uh, particularly at the end about what does the school of calisthenics mean to us and i think it was something along the lines of like what would you say to everyone about continuing the school once we got in this it's he, he really i felt brought the best out of us with his question so it's one to definitely listen out for i've worked out i picked up an interview technique from this actually because um, before we started he said boys i want to go deep so I came into it going, we're going deep. You were, yeah, so I just you give everything. <laughs> yeah, give it a full beans. I was like, you want to go deep? I'll give, I'll give you deep, Carl. Not that, not that deep, Tim. Okay, <laughs> no, it's fine, it's fine. So guys, sit back and enjoy. Um, it's a great little conversation. I hope you get some value out of it. Hear a bit more about our story. If you don't know much about us, we cover that at the beginning. But this is me and Jacko on Jacko's Man Crushes podcast, Carl Pioli, The Freestyle Connection. Enjoy. Hit the jingle. This is the Freestyle Way. All right, welcome back, my friends, to the Freestyle Way podcast. My name is Carl Powley. I'm your host. And this is episode 11 with my friends at the School of Calisthenics. I have both Tim Stevenson and David Jackson, a.k.a. Jacko, who I met last year in 2018 when they had me as a guest on their podcast and later got to meet them in person when I was in London. And they have been such a pleasure to uh, work with and get to know as they are uh, excited about their craft, which is teaching people how to move better. And they do this through calisthenics, which is uh, basically bodyweight training. And the beauty of the work that they do with the School of Calisthenics is that they treat this as an academy, as you go into school, as you go into physical education school. And one of their taglines that I really, really appreciate is redefining your impossible. And that's what they're in the business of, making the impossible possible. And they do it in such a beautiful way. And you will uh, understand what I mean when you listen to our conversation. Something that I also appreciate about Tim and Jacko is that uh, they teach calisthenics, which some would consider gymnastics, uh, in a way that is very different. And the reason they teach in a different way is because they don't have a background in gymnastics. They are ex-rugby players who, yes, have uh, an extensive knowledge when it comes to uh, recovering from injuries and surgeries, as that's something that they had to experience through the sport of rugby, uh, but they just have such a different approach. And it was a wonderful time talking to them because 
we really got to dive into not just where they come from and what they're currently doing with the School of Calisthenics, but why they're doing it. And in their words, they said at the end that they felt like our conversation was almost like going to therapy, which I, I took as a compliment because I personally like therapy. I think therapy is very powerful and it allows you to really discover what's behind the curtains. And that's what we did in this episode. And then another note that I just wanted to share with you guys was that uh, I was sick as a dog the day that we recorded this episode. So pardon me for sounding stuffy and maybe a little sniffly. Sometimes you just have to do things uh, when they're imperfect and you never know when that's going to come back and save your ass in the future. So uh, that's that's what we have in store for today's episode and I'm excited to share this with you and I can't wait to hear what you think uh, and I'll make sure to check in with you guys on the back end. So for now, here are Tim and Jacko with the School of Calisthenics on the Freestyle Way podcast. And we're live. Here we are. Guys, welcome. I'm I'm pumped. This is incredible. I can't believe we're we're making this happen from, from the other side of the planet. It's very exciting. It's amazing. I'd say to be here, but it's not necessarily the location. It's yeah, to be uh, to be on the airways with your car. It's great. That's amazing. Well, I've been on your show and now I'm so grateful I get to have you on my show, which is just, uh, I love it. And and I, I think I wanted to start uh, our conversation today with some gratitude uh, and really say thank you for all your support last year and for being there. I felt like I, I met you guys over Instagram and we got to talking and uh, then we met in London, finally in person. When you guys were attending the Insider, you're even wearing the T-shirt right now, Tim. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Um, and even if Jacko says you're sucking up to me, uh, well, I think it's, I've worn I mine it's awesome. so much it's just starting to wear out a little bit because I've been wearing it all the time. He's, he's basically just jealous that I have worn the T-shirt and yeah, you've now got one. You've, you've yeah, yeah, I've worn up to him on his relationship. I can't believe it. it's just crush on you. Era. <laughs> well, I love it. I appreciate it. And and what I wanted to say is that uh, meeting you guys last year was one of the highlights of my year. So. So thank you guys. Uh, you guys are awesome. It's really kind of you to say, Colin. And likewise for us, I think um, you're somebody that we looked up to in the industry. And when we like, literally, we want to we talk about it later. But when we first started exploring other people who we could learn calisthenics from, it was your content which stood out above everybody else's. So you've had a massive influence on the school of calisthenics. Yeah, I still remember watching your planche series and going, right, perfect. This guy can coach. He's got the progressions for me. This is my resource. So you've you've very much been a part of it without really probably knowing until we got to sort of share a bit of time last. Year. So yeah, it's been a massive highlight for us. So thanks for for investing that in that relationship with us as well because it means a lot. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, it it, it goes both ways. So uh, even though I just met you guys last year, I feel like I've known you guys for a long time. And when we met in London, I, I remember seeing you guys and feeling like, oh man, I, uh, long lost friends. He <laughs> <laughs> went to the wrong so, gym. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, you guys did go to the wrong gym. That was pretty funny. Um, it, so uh, this morning, um, I was going through your website and I was looking for to see if you guys had some quotes or something. And I found one quote that I really liked. And I think this defines you guys in such a great way, which is uh, a quote that you both have together. And it says the following quote, our journey isn't perfect. Neither are we. But that is exactly the point. Uh, can you guys tell me a little bit about that quote and where that came from? Yeah, the, the, <laughs> There's a fair bit behind that quote, to be honest, because uh, 
of a number of different things that have happened i think it, it tells the story of where we started we aren't perfect we don't we didn't come into into calisthenics with a gymnastics background or or anything really that would have set us up for uh, any form of success we, we don't have a, a freestyle sports we've never done tumbling we've never done acrobatics it's it's very much was a new thing we, we were probably the opposite end and we, we both played rugby jacko from the age of six and, and and me from about 10 years old so our whole thing was just my whole junior athletic and and into into my 20s really was was just about playing rugby um, and that doesn't really set you up for calisthenics so the whole and then that kind of like became a very much a part of the school of calisthenics and we wanted we wanted to make it accessible. We found it intimidating potentially when we were looking at stuff that other people were doing. You see stuff on social, you see people that are amazing and you're looking and go, I could never do that. Um, and we, we know that there's, as we started training more, more and more in this, in this form, we know that there's so many benefits and we wanted to share that with other people. And we really want to make our messaging open and accessible to anybody so people can have the confidence to also start and then therefore get the benefits um and it's also if we're, if we're being honest i know you said you wanted to go deep it's a it's a nod towards everybody else who wants to sort of on look on and criticize and um and pick fault without really understanding the context of where we came from what we started out at um and the fact that we're just trying to have a positive influence and we're we're not perfect no one is um but we're doing our thing and we're trying to share positivity with other people so there's a bit of yeah there's there's some meat on that to be fair yeah that's that is uh for sure i think i think you guys stand for that uh no doubt about it ever since i when when did we connect uh first in 2018 well, do you guys remember yeah, i'm trying i'm trying to think almost like as you were saying um before i mean tim bought me your book freestyle um for my birthday i'm trying to think when it was three or four years ago yeah and then i think i just randomly sent you a direct message on um Instagram, I can't remember exactly when it was, going, asking if you'd come on the podcast. And was I just, I just said to Tip, it was like, a bit of a pun, let's see if we can get Carlos on the, <laughs> on the podcast. Like, completely expecting, one, not really probably even a reply, and then two, didn't expect you to just go, yeah, go on then. And uh, so, yeah, when, I can't remember, yeah, I can't, we could, I could, we could probably go back and have a look over the thing, but yeah, so it was, I think it was probably either, the starting. Either way, we... we yeah, it was it was sometime last year, mm. and, and and the fact that I, I was able to go on on your podcast was awesome, and we had a great conversation. So whoever's listening, should uh, after this uh, go and listen to uh, your episode uh, or the episode that I was on uh, on your on your show, which I, I don't know what episode that was, but maybe you guys uh, know that, or we can have that in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, we can put we can put the link. It's worth it just for the intro, I think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that the intro was funny. That's for sure. So you guys both come from rugby backgrounds. Uh, did you guys uh, uh, grow up uh, playing against each other? Did you guys know each other through rugby? Jacko was way better than me. So we could have crossed paths, but well, had yeah, been the age both... range, but would, I would never have played at the no, level yeah, Jacko was Tim playing was two at. years older than me. Yeah, even still, I would never have, you were far yeah. better than me. Um, yeah, you played, Jacko, you played for 14 years. Uh, yeah, professionally. Yeah, yeah at, uh, so at Nottingham, where we live in Nottingham in the in the championship. So me and Tim both grew up in Nottingham, but actually didn't know, yeah, we didn't know each other until um, we met in 2013. That was when I was, my rugby career was just finishing, um, just for, got cut short from, uh, as well, it was a head injury that, turned a bit ugly that but I'd had it was a it was the on knock of a, a series that had happened throughout my career the whole the whole way through and it was time for me to go to pastures new <laughs> which um was when a friend of a friend of mine that news a mutual friend of ours sorry from the church that we go to 
hooked me up with Tim because I was trying to figure out what do I want to do after rugby and was I remember being sat with the just been seen to specialist the neurosurgeon and with the physio got told okay that's you you can't play anymore and the physio said to me was like what are you gonna do (laughs) and I was like mate I don't actually know (laughs) I'm gonna have to try and it was at Christmas and he actually said to me I'm happy to lie I don't know if I should say this, but I probably I'm, I've started. He was like, I'm, I won't name him. He was like, I'm happy to lie to the club so that at least you're going to get paid over Christmas because we know as soon as we tell them that you're like, the contract's null and void. Um, but luckily I didn't have to, like, I told them straight away and, and they honoured my contract till the end of that season. I had another year, but we, we cut it after that. But um, yeah, during that time, I, uh, I met Tim and he'd got into strength and conditioning um, through uh, not through the traditional route so my I'd not got um, an undergrad degree in, in exercise science or anything like that I did materials engineering and you did management business management um, yeah and so you got in through a different route through an internship at um here in Nottingham at, at Trent Uni and um he was he was sort of my I was like right I'm jumping onto you because you've done the thing that I think I might want to go on to do so pretty much the first my first year was every Tuesday would follow Tim around and and uh, see what coaching he was doing um, and it was it was really interesting because he was working in Paralympic sport which um, I know we made a bit of a connection with you on you you you'd done some work um, with I can't remember, you don't use what was the term that you adaptive athletes adaptive athletes yeah yeah the, the adaptive athletes yeah. yeah exactly so I sort of yeah so 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 for you Jacko you you came out of professional rugby which that story about uh them wanting to lie so you could get paid over christmas that's crazy <laughs> I I I totally understand that's a big that's a big transition and meanwhile you Tim you were already a strength and conditioning coach Yeah I started Is that correct Yeah about 2008 I think I started my internship um and had got offered a job with the guys that I trained under for for a year and was sort of like plugging away I up until that point doing quite a lot of work at university level and then I'd, I'd managed to pick up a, a guy that I knew who was a double leg amputee marathon runner looking for some support and I actually used him for my case study to get my professional accreditation with the UK Strength and Condition Association you have to present a case study of an athlete that you've trained so I use Rich for that it's Richard Whitehead is the guy's name um, and I, so I sort of fell into uh into Paralympic sport in my first year. He was actually the first guy that I ever trained, really, on a one-to-one basis. And I, and I walked in the gym the first time that I was going to meet him for a screening. And, and all this knowledge that I'd got from textbooks and courses and accreditations, it kind of goes out the window when you realize that it's just not relevant because you've got a guy who can't squat like everybody else. He can't do a lunge. So where do you go with it? Um, and I fell in love with it because it was a problem. Um, and it, it, one of the things that I really enjoyed about it was it, it, it gave me the freedom to be creative. I was allowed to be original. I could come up with what I wanted to do. And I used to say to people, no one can tell me that what I'm doing is wrong because no one knows how to do it right. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just doing whatever I wanted. And, and we were just trying to f- f- mix this thing up and find out how it was going to work. And he had some success. And, and that grew. The, 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 that community sort of spans from one to the next. If you do work with one person and you, and you prove yourself, then all of a sudden some other person goes, well, can you do that for me? And, and that's how it began. It kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. I mean, isn't that true for everything, right? In life, people think they have it figured out, but in reality, we're all, we're all trying to figure it out. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's amazing. And, and I can attest to what you said, working with adaptive athletes, 
is one of the most empowering things one can do uh, because you realize that uh, to some degree we are all adaptive and and normal quote unquote is uh, is something that uh, we have established because that's what we we think is normal or what we see uh, more often but uh, once you work with someone who has uh, suffered an injury or uh, lost a limb you realize that we're all in the same boat. So that's, that's an amazing thing. And then, and at that time, uh, Jacko, did you, did you see Tim working with the adaptive athletes? Well, so I, so then, so five years, so Tim had been coaching for five years before I met him. And um, my first experience was, um, a session that he was doing with Rich, with that guy, um, who Tim's sort of quite humbly not saying so he's like been multiple Paralympic world um, world record holding champion since since been working with him so it, it, it's, he has gone on to do like a, a number of the athletes gone on to do big things but yeah I walk into the gym going and Rich is Rich is there legs off Tim's prepping him for, for the session that's about to go ahead and I remember feeling I'd never it's one of those things you don't necessarily unless you've got an eye for it or been experienced to it, you don't see um, disability quite this. Oh, I definitely see it differently now. I notice, like, so I've done quite a bit of work with the C. Well, we've both done quite a bit of work with CP athletes, so I notice way more when I can see someone looks like they might have CP or those types of things. But seeing Rich with his legs off, it was quite a weird experience. And what was what was so what was so interesting was how comfortable they were with what was going on it was actually what i realized very quickly it was like oh it's me that's got the i'm feeling weird because i i've it's my problem that this is of, of what's going on i'm just not used to like you say what's normal i wasn't used to seeing that but then after you know i don't know after how long it's certain it's it then just becomes the norm and um it's uh, it's been to see how um tim's trained various different people and started starting with with rich from my experience meant that my starting point for my snc career was like you got to learn a lot of stuff very quickly because you're learning what's in the textbook and then you've got to learn all this other stuff as well but that was a steep learning curve but it set us up to be um better coaches and more more adaptive i guess to use your that phrase more adaptive in the our, in our, and dynamic in our coaching that we're we're quite happy to come up with a new exercise test an exercise get try something out for it to be wrong try again it to be wrong okay we're going to try it this way okay that's what's starting to feel right and then refine the process the, the training program would never stay the same because you're all, all constantly trying to refine it um, and some of that some of those things that you need to refine are brand new fresh things you have to challenge yourself to not just grab the next thing on or put a little bit more weight on the bar we've got to think a little bit differently and that's certainly transitioned to the way that we've been coaching and in the first instance learning calisthenics for ourselves because we literally had no idea what we were doing at the start just two rugby players messing about is literally as sounds a bit crazy but that is what it was that's how it started we didn't try we didn't start doing calisthenics because we wanted to make a school and then go mm. and teach people it we were just doing it for his own fun we just thought it was going to be yeah. it's a different way to train yeah yeah, I mean that's incredible, and and it's cool that you both uh, started as uh, in the strength and conditioning world, working with adaptive athletes. So that's, I think that's an amazing start, and it's almost like it makes everything else really easy yeah. <laughs> now. It's like, yeah, yeah. oh, like you're 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 uh, no problem to um, to uh, solve problems with. So yeah, someone, yeah, someone comes in, they've got all their arms and legs. You're like, oh, it's easy. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's almost like you're you're uh, cheating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's it's kind of like that. But you, Tim, you suffered an injury, a pretty big uh, shoulder injury that that uh, got you out of rugby, I assume. And yeah. So uh, when I was playing at university, I was uh, I was probably 21 when it first started. I dislocated my shoulder. Um, and then that it went back in. I hit the ground and my shoulder went back in. So I didn't really do much about it. Carried on playing in the weeks and months to come, and, and had suffered a number of different uh, occasions of dislocation. Uh, ended up having a surgery when I was at university. So I had a slap repair, uh, which is basically sort of a tear in the labrum, which was allowing the shoulder, the head of the humerus, to slip out of the the fossa on the scapula. So it's just very easy. The guy explained it to me. He says it's like a button going through a, a buttonhole. It just slides out of out of place. Um, and that sort of progressed and I actually lived abroad for three years and I stopped playing rugby I went and, and was a scuba diving instructor for three years which Jacko thinks is hilarious is thinking me wandering around the beach just going you want to scuba um, and that is <laughs> how, uh, where, 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 where were you a scuba instructor? Uh, Australia I was in Sydney for quite a while and I worked up on the Barrier Reef and I went to Zanzibar for a year which is where I met my wife which exactly. Was, uh, yeah exactly in Africa yeah in uh, Zanzibar yeah east coast just off Tanzania but a scuba diving yeah, instructor awesome. picking up his wife yeah you know, <laughs> is, that, is that what Jacko uh, <laughs> <laughs> is constantly giving you grief for? Yeah, yeah pretty smooth, right? She's looking at um, <laughs> So I came back to rugby after I'd lived abroad for a bit and then started having problems with dislocations, had another surgery, same thing again. And um, and, and that was like a very much of a starting point as to why I, I got into bodyweight training. I, I wanted to to try something different because I'd done so much physio over the years and, and none of it had worked. None of it had prepared my shoulder for what I wanted it to be able to do. And at that time, when I decided to have my last dislocation and while I was doing my SNC internship, and I was like, I'm, I'm working now doing a job. I can't afford to have a shoulder which is, is not stable. Um, so I stopped playing. And then um, a few years later, sort of found my way into, into calisthenics because I thought if I can do a handstand, then I can have some confidence that my shoulder's stable. And I remember the first time that I sort of like put my hands on the ground and was like, I'm going to try and jump up into a handstand. I honestly didn't know if my shoulder was going to stay in place because I dislocated it on my um, Olympic lifting workshop for my professional accreditation doing a snatch balance with an unloaded bar. So with 20 kilos and a small jolt, my shoulder fell out in overhead externally rotated position. Um, so there's no reason why it wouldn't do the same thing in a, in a handstand. But fortunately, it stayed in place and, and it allowed me some time to play around with it. And that's been a massive thing over the last five years for us. And one of the areas that we're now sort of done some work in this year and pushing forwards with is the benefit of progressive bodyweight training in a, from a performance perspective of stabilizing shoulders because my they're, they're amazing now I can do a human flag cold without prepping and my shoulder has the control to stay where it is and um it's that's been a probably someone asked us a question the other day actually and said what is the the best thing you got from calisthenics and, and for me that's it I've, I've now have confidence in my human body to be able to do what I want to be able to do with it um so there's been there's been it started off as Jack and I wanted to mess about with a new form of training and me playing around with something in the gym it's just grown and evolved and, and taken directions that we never saw coming but it's been amazing yeah that's I mean uh, doing gymnastics uh, I, I can relate to what you're you're talking about how how confident it makes you uh, to be able to perform anything mm. uh, especially if you've had to recover from some injuries I, I'm curious about the first time you tried to do the handstand what what was the what was the experience there well, bear in mind <laughs> what that you, what, what was that what was that like so I could kick up to a wall handstand but I remember like playing around with it so I was, I was fairly 
I'm a fairly confident athlete at that point in terms of if you gave me a movement challenge, I would be all right to do, have a crack at it, but nothing with it required any sort of skill uh, I had, had I tried before. And I, I remember just, I didn't know what I was doing. I was in South Africa. We had really, we had little to no internet connection, so I couldn't do a lot of research. Um, and I didn't really know, I didn't have a teaching process in my mind. Um, and I'd actually sort of started in the frog stand. Um, and then I kind of just was, because I'd got a good strength background, I was able to kind of push out into a tuck handstand effectively. Um, and that's what I just did over and over and over again. Because I, I could do wall handstand push-ups. Um, and I, <laughs> so you basically started from the bottom yeah, in, yeah. on all fours with your hands on the ground, feet on the ground, and you would put your knees on your elbows yep, kind of thing? yeah. And then from there, you would try to press up into a handstand. Yeah, but you just and then try to, because you were so strong, you could you could do that. Yeah, and, it was, yeah. and but you never for a long time weren't ever even worried about trying to straighten your legs. You were literally yeah. just trying to get to that like tucked position upside down, so that at least your trunk was vertical because that's giving you the shoulder thing that mm-hmm. you wanted. Um, and actually, that cemented a lot of the groundwork. Whereas douchebag over here went for the, <laughs> oh, we're doing handstands. Oh, I'm just going to kick right up and just fall over. And that that then uh, led to very, very little progression for, for myself and that. So, so Tim, when you first started doing handstands, did you know Jacko already? Uh, so we'd only just met and then I came back from that holiday. And I think the first gym session we did together was a calisthenics session. So I said, like, let's get together and train. I'm going to show you what I've been doing. And we stood, we did, I showed him back lever because I'd had a play around with that on some rings that I'd taken with me. And we messed about with some frog stands. But yeah, our, our friendship very much started right at that point. So there was very little before that, to be fair. That's funny. So your first your first movement you taught him was a back lever, which is pretty intense. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. we were just skinning yeah. a cat, I guess, when we like yeah. first. Well, the first thing was so he's been doing that whilst he was in South Africa, and I tried the the frog stand or crow stand as you some would call it in yoga, and I just my I just hit the deck, my head just face plant straight away. That's that was my first experience of. Um, of, of so you got another head, uh, you got another concussion. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I was like, I'm not sure about this. I do. I remember going through that thought process actually of going like, some of the stuff we were going up said, I don't know whether that's actually a great idea for This me. story would be way better if you'd actually had a helmet on <laughs> during the, the entire days. time. <laughs> that's classic. Uh, uh, Jacko, tell me about your first experience working with Tim besides you hitting your head. What what was that like and and what got you to stick with it? What What, what kept you coming back? Well, so... I guess during, as Tim was talking about, uh, during that period, I'd, so I, I had my head injury in the August 2013 and, and initially was actually trying to get back to playing, um, but just couldn't shift my symptoms. And it was, wasn't until the December that the, the specialist actually sort of, um, called an end to it. And then sort of, it wasn't, it was then maybe like January, February time that I was trying to get back into being able to do some training. I've always loved training. I love that side of it. It was a, I guess it was a privilege to, to play sport as a career, um, whilst it lasted. And, um, and then, and I knew whenever I finished playing, I was like training and fitness and, and that was always going to be a part of, I always thought it would be a, a big part of my life. Um, I remember saying to one of my friends, I was like, I was always, I was in, I was in good shape when I was playing rugby. I wasn't one of the big fat guys. I was one of the smaller, faster guys, which is why I just got beaten up probably too much. wasn't probably quite fast enough. But um, I remember saying to one of my mates, I was like, when I finish playing rugby, if you think I'm in good shape now, you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the weights and I'm gonna get 
like absolutely jacked like that that type of that was my sort of type of mindset and um I remember being in the gym there was two occasions on the first occasion I was I was doing bicep curls and I was looking in the mirror and I was like what are you doing like you could do anything in the gym now and you're doing this and then I remember doing um an upright row um on a second occasion and just thinking I'm just doing everything the coach used to tell us to do. Because actually, that's all I had in my tool set. I didn't know. You only know what you know, right? And I, 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 know this, I knew this one way of training that was for rugby, but there was no rugby anymore. So I started to very soon lose my motivation to train. And I'm actually just very grateful. You talk about gratitude, like thankful that Tim was going on that other journey and we came together. And I'm, he didn't know I was struggling for motivation to actually train. Um, at the point that he introduced this thing that was new and gave me some new, you know, my goal used to always be every, there was a goal every week. It was depending on what, you know, what they were playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there was a game of rugby and I knew I was preparing for that. Literally as soon as the, 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 the week, the new week started, you, you prep in for the next, the next game. And when that's taken away, I re I, it was quite a strange feeling or understanding of a bit of self-awareness for myself to realize that I thought I was really super motivated uh, Jacko the rugby player whereas actually when you took the rugby away I wasn't that motivated for training which I, it seems even weird now to say because I'm back into a position where I'm massively motivated I love, tra I love training too much because I do it too I do it too much if you know what I mean I need to rest more but um that's what calisthenics has given me something to then strive for, some, something to work towards. It gives me a bit of a, a reason, a why for my training. And actually, it's opened up my eyes to so much more to, um, to training than what was, you know, when we, what we were doing for rugby was very specific to that. And you've got to, you know, you've got to be specific to get good at it. Whereas it's opened my eyes to just so much more and I've learned so much about my body physically, but also I'm learning, you know, we were learning about ourselves mentally as well when we're, you know, our tagline is redefine your impossible. Literally everything that we try and do now and that we can do now used to be 100% impossible to us. You know, when I played, when I, when I started, I couldn't touch my toes. My hamstrings were that tight. My hip flexibility was that poor. Um, and I used to pull my hamstring when I was playing rugby. It was a bit of a problem, but I didn't address the issue until I had a reason to do it. You'd think, well, Jack, the reason to do it would be so you don't pull your hamstring, you can carry on playing rugby, but I actually needed something a little bit different. And, you know, for me, trying to improve my straddle position and some of my pike positions, I just, I actually now enjoy that, whereas I wouldn't have even done it before. I actually enjoy trying to improve that because I see, you see that improvement, you see the knock-on effect it has then on your training, but then you feel better as well. So you're getting these like double wins. Um, I can't remember where the question started with. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't even matter. I think, I think the, one of the points is that you, you found something that you loved yeah. and you started loving uh, practicing calisthenics. And then in addition to that, one of the realizations is that uh, training for preventive uh, causes or, or medicine uh, in this case uh, was not that motivating. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't exciting to train for, to prevent yeah. from pulling a hamstring. It, it was more exciting to train for the sport or now for 100%. calisthenics, yeah. which is so cool. And it's awesome that you both fell in love with it at the same time or at similar times. And and what 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 was the moment when you guys decided, okay, let's do this together and maybe let's start this company? Uh, how did that all happen? Well, it was like Tuesday. It was a it was a Tuesday. Because remember, I I had Tuesdays was my yeah, Dave Day. Dave was Day. Where <laughs> you would have it was the 
you had the most number of like sessions with athletes. So it was like the most productive day for me to, to come. And then we'd train at the end of that day. Um, and I don't know, it just, uh, well, well, people in the gym had laughed at us to start <laughs> yeah. off with, cause no one was doing anything like what we were doing in the gym. Um, and you, you know, when you've been in the game a while and you, you've built up some confidence in like, okay, you can do Olympic lifting if you want, or you can lift heavy. Like I don't, I got to a point where I actually don't really care what other people think because you've been you've had the opportunity to develop a body of knowledge and experience which means actually you probably know a little bit more than the, the average sort of gym person so i would just do whatever i wanted in the gym but people come up and uh, we, it's still one of the biggest compliments anybody ever paid us but a girl came up to us and said what are you boys doing in the gym because it just looks like you're messing about and we were like that is exactly what we were doing so we were kind of like clowns to start off with and then we got all right and then because we'd kind of taken the strength and conditioning knowledge and broken down into some progressions and we started to sort of piece it together for ourselves people sort of said to us a few people said oh you guys run a workshop why aren't you in a workshop how come like i, I want to learn how to do a human flag or or whatever so we actually just sort of cobbled together a workshop and i remember saying to, to jacko we'd, we'd been frustrated with the fact that we we didn't have access to a huge amount of good quality resources which were meeting us where we were at um so I said to Jacko, like, and we still, we talk about it a lot, but I said, if we're going to do this, we're going to try and change the game. Like we wanted to do something different um, and make it accessible for people. And, and we have a massive passion for beginners. We really want to help people to get on board. And so we put these workshops on and, we, and they came, people came and, and then we did another one and people came and then we think, you know what, like, let's just start something and see what happens. We put a beginner's guide out, which was free, which is still available. Um, and it, it just, it very, it, we made so many mistakes. We, done, we, we could tell you like the, the number of failed things that we tried to try and grab and build a business and a platform and a brand. We'd like to interrupt this broadcast today to bring you a customer service announcement. And we want to tell you how excited we are about the virtual classroom where our online community of amazing people are working together to redefine their impossible and achieve things in calisthenics that they never thought they would be able to, Jacko. Yeah, if you've not thought about it yet, you should really consider uh, becoming a member of the virtual classroom. You become part of that supportive community and you then get access to absolutely every single training program we've got, every workout we do, every challenge, every webinar. And there is specific courses in there for everything from beginners to, to handstands and human flags and everything in between you get access to all of it you get to learn at your own pace online with us within the supportive community of people encouraging each other to redefine their impossible guys it's really something special we would love it if you come and check it out and until you do check it out and we see you in there let's get back to our regularly scheduled program I think we always wanted. I would, I, would, I would love to hear some of those mistakes. What were they? Uh, the one I'll go for one, and then you've yeah. probably got a few. The one that sprang to mind is like, we're going to do. But Twitter used to be only, only able to do a fifteen-second video, and we was like, we're going to do quick calisthenics tips, fifteen seconds, bosh them out. People love that. And then we realised that you actually can't say a lot in fifteen seconds, so we put some out and went, these are rubbish. <laughs> and then we would get, we would like write content or put videos out. We thought that's good content, like that's that's good, and but no one would like it, no one would share it. But then we'd meet people all the time and go, oh, I've seen your color sense of it's great. And we're like, come on then, give us a like at least. <laughs> like, don't even share it, just like it. <laughs> but at the start, you, you know this, and people, Carl, and no other people out there were like, at the, I know Gary Vee says it, like everyone starts with zero followers, subscribers, whatever. And therefore at the start, it doesn't matter how good your stuff is, no one's going to see it. If, if It needs to be good for it to then grow, but you don't see that until... I was speaking to someone the other day that when it was like, oh yeah, yeah, we um, listened to Laws of Your podcast. It was a guy not at university, and I was like, 
oh right like you, you don't know who's actually like watching listening and 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 taking this stuff on board and enjoying it and, and rolling with it um I think the only sort of strat- the only sort of one sort of strategy thing that we in terms of the name we always wanted it to be um educational empowering like I don't want somebody to watch our video or follow our training plan and at the end of week 6 have no idea what they're supposed to do because the training plan finished in week 6 and they're like oh tell me what to do we've always wanted it to be like we're going to try and educate you to be able to take you know you have the control you have the power to like change your training, change your life, or however deep you want to go with it. Um, so the school theme, when we when we sort of come down to when it came down to that, it was like that fits with what we're going to try and do. We weren't going to try, you know, we're a long way from being the best guys at calisthenics or anything by you know a factor of a million. <laughs> yeah. But what we what we back ourselves on is to be able to if you if you come to us, we can we, we can coach you. Um, and that's what we've always tried to. Yeah, and, and we've, I always say with an athlete, when, when you're training athletes, you've got to meet them where they're at. Um, and that's often comes from a communication perspective or being, uh, putting a different hat on on a different day. If they need an arm around the shoulder or a kick up the backside, you, it becomes that very, the emotional intelligence to understand where someone's at, meet them where they're at, and then to design training intervention around that. And that was the same thing in the calisthenics thing. We wanted to make it open so we could meet people where they were at and not be intimidating or off-putting. And probably people still find us that because they look at what we do now and think, oh, I could never do that. But we hope that as we get better and refine how we communicate and the way that we do it, we can continue to make it open to people. I'm trying to think yeah, of more mistakes. Yeah, and I mean, you, you guys are definitely doing that. Where, where did it start? Where was the first uh, School of Calisthenics post or program uh, where where was that found? Was that Instagram, Twitter? What what platform was it? A website? Was it? Before, uh, it would have been. It was. Uh, it was Twitter or Facebook. Was yeah. the first. I don't know if we were on Instagram we were, straight away. Yeah, I think it's probably Facebook because I think we 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 ran our first series of workshops and they yeah, were from, called, yeah. uh, sold it from Facebook. Yeah, we put that. Yeah, we didn't even advertise. You had to. Thing. Yeah, we had a thing on Facebook. It's a ring up the gym <laughs> and the gym. You need to pay over the phone to the gym and then we then I think took a percentage of that from the gym. Yeah. Um, it was called Strength Training for Survival in the Urban Jungle. Because I, <laughs> was that the first Was that the that first was the name? Was the name. We yeah, should yeah. do that again, right? The course was, and it was split into, <laughs> there, was two, there was two modules or two parts to it. There was um, preservation and evasion. And I can't even remember what the other two were, but basically it was fit, we fitted it and we took a bit of a tongue-in-cheek approach to it. And it was supposed to be funny, but it was sort of like, if you needed to save your life, have you got the skills to be able to do it? So if you're on holiday with your mates and you fell out of a balcony, can you do a muscle-up to get back in? Um, and then the, the evasion one was like, if you, <laughs> if, you, if you ever needed to get away from a, do- a dangerous dog or something, you might need be able to need to do a human flag to, to clear away from any potential hazards. And it was it was designed to just be a little bit sort of, playful because that's what our training was about we, we wanted to do a video series about it but yeah, we, said we, we are going to bring strength training for survivor in the urban jungle back I just don't know what, what format it's going to look like <laughs> and how, how, did, how did people uh, uh, receive that that uh, title or the, 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 the name of your workshop <laughs> what, what were they thinking about I, that I think it was a very clear intention from the start that Jacko and I don't take ourselves too seriously um, because we have no right to like we're, we're here doing what we're doing, as I said before, from a place of messing about and playing. Um, and we had like, there was we had like seven or eight guys, I think. It was all guys to start yeah. off with on the first one. I don't know if it was maybe 10. And we ran it, it was seven weeks to the human flag. Yeah, we did. It? Yeah, we did, the, we did it over, it wasn't a one-off thing. It was like week one, then there was a, 
a workshop then there was uh four weeks in there was another work, a middle workshop and then there was a, the graduation. a graduation workshop <laughs> three weeks after that so they would they would come to these workshops you would give them programming and then they would come back yeah to see the progress yeah okay cool so there's actually a video and, on um youtube of um we took you know obviously <laughs> clearly we <laughs> clearly we're expecting ourselves you don't do this unless you for some reason, like think about now, you say mistakes were made. This ended up not being a say, but it could have been. So we, we filmed everyone. We were like, right, we're going to film you, your first attempt at the human flag. No coach, okay. no nothing, right? They're like, what do you mean? <laughs> Just stand over there and try and do a flag. So they stand there and we've got the video. And then, then we took a video and there was three guys, not everyone did it, but three, three of them. And all very, very, very... Um, Good normal guys, looking really, yeah. guys like not big jacked guys or gym like all completely normal guys like um just like we are but you know if you were to say we did our training from factor, a safety perspective we did go here's a couple yeah, of cues yeah, yeah. it wasn't like it makes it sound so just like reckless but we kind of tim's, tim's protecting <laughs> <somebody>. <laughs> but se- seven weeks later we've got three of them holding a flag for like yeah, yeah. long longer than i could hold a flag <laughs> after seven weeks like 100 percent um, it was amazing to that we, because of all those mistakes we make in training, you can talk about business mistakes and things as, as well, but all the mistakes we've made at training have meant our roots in our journey to some of the things we can do and still can't do is like treacherously long and frustrating, but it makes you a better coach that like when you're there with somebody and you see them do it wrong, you can you can level with them and go. I know exactly what that feels like. I too smashed my face on the ground when I first tried to do my frog stand. Here's some of the things that are going to probably help you. Or here's some things that I found help me. If if you've never been on that journey, it's going to be difficult for you to relate to them on that level. And I think that that's one of the things that um, I hated it at the start. Like I wanted to do. I'm like I want it fast. Like I wanted to be able to do everything. And it's like frustrating when it's just not coming and it's not working and you're having, you're trying this out, that doesn't work, try this out, that doesn't work. And, but it's made us be able to now refine the process almost like if you know everything that could go wrong when you're trying to learn a human flag, even if you don't know what's right, which, you know, you, you, you're streamlining towards, well, th- these are the only things that are left. Um, not, you know, not that's an extreme, you know what I mean? But, um, if you know what, yeah. If you know what's wrong, you've got a, a, a good chance of figuring out what's right, and also preempting um, the difficulties people are going to have. So, like in the virtual classroom that we've got, there's ways and, and lessons that people can and steps to go through. But along that journey, we've got these troubleshooting steps of like you need to make sure you can do this before you go to that next level. And if you're struggling with X, then here's Y to actually solve that problem for you. Um, and that's something that's that's been brought out of our uh, hardship and frustration along our journey. But then ultimately, I always say to people, when you've struggled to get to something, that that when you get it, it feels a hell of a lot better than than those things that come easily. I I agree. Uh, so you guys are very um, uh, keen on creating uh, very inclusive progressions, and and where they have very clear steps to go. And and, and clearly, you guys had success uh, from the beginning there because those people, after seven seven weeks, were able to uh, jump on a pole or something and and project their their bodies uh, <laughs> straight out. Uh, so they were parallel to the ground, and that's that's pretty amazing. Uh, so what happened after that? Did you guys decide um, okay, let's just take this online or 
how, how did it go from being something you were doing as a workshop in the gym to online? What, what was the thinking there? Yeah, so we, we actually at that point um, had brought in a third part of our team, which is a guy called Ben, um, who sits as a bit of a sort of, we call him the headmaster, but he's sort of, he's not involved in the teaching or the coaching, but he sits there as a, as a sort of a, yeah, a business development yeah, so sort I played of rugby with, with Ben for, for years and he went into sort of sports PR and, yeah. and marketing. Um, but Ben's and, the sort of guy that keeps us on track when we've got, <laughs> you know, when it's like when you're in, in a business and you're trying to do something and you're doing what you're good at, that's what I think is interesting about being an entrepreneur is that you, you all of a sudden you get drawn to doing what you're good at because that's what you can make money from. And, and when you're right up against a cold face, it's a little bit difficult to see where the opportunities are. So having Ben behind us is, is a really, uh, is a really useful thing. But we, we sort of had a meeting, we went out for, for dinner and we sat down and we were like, we've got this beginner's guide. Um, we're just going to push it out. And we, then we started just creating some, some eBooks. Um, and we had this thing of uh, early doors of we, we wanted it to be beautiful. We wanted to do production and the brand and how we communicated what we were about to be something enjoyable. Like we, st- we still have on our to-do list is to write a textbook. And I want that to be a piece of work where you could put it on your coffee table and it'll, it'll look great. It's like the guys that uh, we move, um, the same principle. They, they do great magazines that are beautiful. You want to pick them up and touch them and feel it. And I, and I wanted that, that to be part of what we did. So you don't quite get that with a PDF, but we put a lot of time into starting to create nice graphics and images and the brand of the school started to emerge and it's evolved a lot since then. Um, but we, we, we got a, um, we had an opportunity to, to pitch for some funding with a not- Nottingham, the city that we live in. They had a, the local council was running like a simulated dragon's den or shark tank. I think you guys have the equivalent in the States. So we went and we, we had to go and pitch and we, for three three thousand pounds, yeah, I've still got the big check in my in my office. Yeah, so we um we Jack and I rocked up in, in vests and we did a we did a bit of calisthenics. We pitched this idea and they gave us three grand, uh, which was amazing. And we we bought we I paid for the website paid for the website. Yeah. Um, so interesting from a business perspective, I know that's a lot of your audience will, will, will are interested in that from the from your content. Is we we actually haven't put a pound of our own money into the school of calisthenics. Yeah, so we, we started were... it with a grant and then we started selling workshops and we started putting some ebooks up, which we. Which which we had as part of that e-commerce and then that revenue started to then generate not a lot but of it money. took us a while to even get an e-book we were yeah. we were running a workshop once a month um and Around every single country, penny we made from that we just put back into the business um and so we we weren't taking we would have been going gone two years before we took a single penny ourselves personally yeah. out um, yeah, I think, and I think this is where, sorry to interrupt you, Jacko, yeah. I think this is where a lot of uh, listeners, the, the main question I've been getting is, how do the people that you interview know how to transition and when to transition? Because uh, you weren't making money at first no. with the school of calisthenics. How, how are you funding this besides the, the Dragon's Den uh, yes, so, kind of yeah. check you got? And, uh, how were you guys uh, making that transition financially? So we were... So we say we were we were selling workshops and, and using that and and that was that was our kitty money for for the business. We weren't putting anything else into it. And then for to pay our own bills, um, we don't live particularly lavish lifestyles. So we we've been uh, just working on um, the money from that we that we earn as effectively self-employed people um, or coaches with the, the Paralympic athletes that we... And we, that's still something we do after. now. We, yeah. we still aren't 100% full in on, on calisthenics because we're getting to the point where we've got, we're halfway through a Paralympic cycle, but also for the businesses at a point where we, where it's it's at the right time for us to then go 
all in on that and, and then for it to be able to pay us a wage. So it has been a slow process, It's yeah. it, but we've, we could have accelerated it, but it, by probably putting in money or, or going out for investment, but that wasn't what we wanted to do. We wanted to maintain ownership and let it grow as a pace that was right for us and organically rather than sort of trying to push it too fast and lose control of the direction or, or ownership of it really yeah and it's literally for those because must have been those first three years it was just the three of us or the first two years with certainly the three of us just working very part-time on it just here there and everywhere when when you can and we just had a we had a belief in it and um a desire for it to to work yeah, and we've grafted we've time. tried to we were one of the things i thought tim was going to say it before but one of the reasons one of the reasons it did start for us was it was an opportunity to go away from we previously sold and, and when we do sessions now it's one hour of your time or an hour and however long the session is with a client and there's only so many hours in the day and there's only so many of those things that you can do and there's a lot of planning around them there's the emotional support that you there's a lot of energy that you need to give in those sessions and we wanted a way I think the both of us um I probably wasn't didn't earn the right to to do it but I was quite quickly thinking I do like this gym thing but can't imagine doing this when I'm 45, 50, like just in the gym at 6 a.m. putting weights on the bar for people. Like it's great when you're 30, but um, where's the, when you're self-employed, there's no management role, there's no promotion, there's no nothing. Um, so this for us was a way of going, how do we transition away from just selling an hour of our time to actually have something that can that we can scale and, and can, actually be, um, can actually be a business? I think that's a, a wonderful topic, actually. Um, I was just on a call with someone who I, uh, was helping transition from hourly to impact. <laughs> so yeah. there, there's a big difference between uh, working hourly and actually making an impact and seeing your work as impact. Sometimes impact, you can make a big impact in one second. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a very, very interesting topic and conversation uh scalability and and uh how has the the effort of scaling been going for you guys and how how have you guys been uh navigating the treacherous waters of of scaling a business like yours it, it's hard because it's you, you you're well, we've I, never done it before That's yeah one it's of the, the first time we've done it and the, and the other thing is it's you we've got to a point in the last year where we've gone so far that Jack and I have said to each other on a number of occasions, <laughs> if this doesn't work out, I'm screwed. Because you've taken a step away from what we were doing before. And it was hard as a strength and condition coach, selling hourly time or consultancy work, um, to move away from that. Because and we very much last year were talking a lot around, we need to work on the business, not in the business. And But making that transition is so hard because you've got to pay the bills where you, you need more time and, and you end up working all hours. Um, and I think it, it, we, we wouldn't be where we are now. Or I wouldn't be where I am now. And the business wouldn't be if it wasn't for Jacko. Like it, it, it's amazing having somebody supporting you along the journey to, to go. So like I was, I always think we, when we drive to workshops, we might go four hours in the car to go and deliver a workshop or whatever. If you added up the amount of time that we've spoken about the business, the amount of time we've reassured each other, the time we've gone, it's going to work. It's got to work. Yeah, most of the time it's, it's going to be all right, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> please tell me, Jack, I'm tired. I'm worn down. We've been grinding. Please tell me it's going to be all right. Um, and often that happens. And the great thing about having a business partner that is my best mate is that when he's up and I'm down, he'll do exactly what I need him to do to get me to the place. And it often works like that. There's not yeah, many yeah. times when we're both down and we're going, this is horrendous. It, um, it, 
we have a it, it's strange to almost like you said Carl you we met on Instagram and then we, we actually met in person in London it felt like you'd known us a long time and vice versa and I think I, Tim feels like the type of guy that I've known like since I was a tiny kid but actually it's been a very short period of time um but we just have uh personalities that that click and you talk you were talking earlier about all those things that seem to come together at the right time um it is but we have been very lucky for that and then you throw ben in the mix as well ben often says to us he goes the three of us have all got very different skills but three unique skills that, that actually join up to make something um you know even just just talk, just almost um when when you were talking about like the branding or the school and stuff, all the graphics and all the like things that you think like look Tim does them. He's just like on Photoshop and, and, and whatever. Like that's there, there isn't like someone else doing these things. And I think what's difficult with the transition is you go if you're going to work on the business rather than in it, you get to that point where you know you need that, but you haven't got the finances to be able to pay someone else to do it yet. But you know that when you do get someone else to do it and release you to be able to work on um, uh, improving the business and growing it, that that's going to come. But it's this catch-22 where like, we need to pay someone to do that so that we can do this thing, but we can't afford to pay someone to do that thing until we've done this thing, but we can't do this thing yet until I've got the time. So you, it, it's it's a constant um, battle and struggle, which sometimes just means... And you have to be getting so... Getting up early and getting to bed later yeah, and just and trying be, to do more. And it's patience. Like we've had to yeah. sit it out. We've, it's taken longer than we wanted it to, but it's we've had to just sit down and go... Okay, we need. We want all of these things. We can't have them yet, um, so we're gonna have to. We go, we've got to wait, and we've still, got to keep working. It, it's still early days. Because if we go like, what's ha- what what's happened in the last three years? You're like, well, whoa, actually, if you if you think of it like that, like it's been flipping crazy, mm. and then go, well, what might happen in another three years? I hate to think like if the next three years are like what the first three years are like. I've got no idea what we might be doing because I certainly didn't expect to be doing doing this. Um, this now, do you know what I mean? If I think back to five years ago when I finished, when I was sat there with the physio going, what are you going to do? Going, I've got literally no idea, mate. <laughs> I know one thing, I need to pay my mortgage at the end of the month. And it's literally, it, you know, it, it's like that. And you go, well, that's exciting though. That's the one thing that like, that's frustrating at times. And I, I sometimes uh, say to Tim, I go, mate, that guy in, uh, I'm trying to think of a, what's like a supermarket? What's a supermarket, well-known supermarket in America? Safeway, Vaughn. They got Safeway. Uh, oh, foods, I used to work uh, at Safeway. I was in dry cleaning. So. <laughs> but um, you'd see someone stacking shelves in Safeway, and I'm like, I'm so jealous of you. You <laughs> like, look at look at you just stacking your shelves. It's so easy, and you, you're going to get paid at the end of the month. You've got all these other worries, but actually, but it's the it's that journey. As much as enjoying the calisthenics journey and those frustrations, it's exactly the same thing for us um, from the business point of view. And I don't think. We wouldn't truly, actually, even though we, between each ourselves, like worry and complain about certain things, we wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, I, I you know, I, sometimes when I'm I'm driving and I see someone cleaning the streets, I was like, man, I wish I had your job. Yeah, right now. exactly. But then, but then I think, no, that's not what yeah. I want to do. That's not what I love. It's yeah. like what we were talking about earlier. You, when you, you, when you love something, it's easy to adhere to the process. Yeah. And I think we love this game of building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and we love the game of calisthenics or gymnastics or CrossFit or fitness or uh, footwear and apparel, whatever it may be that we're in business in, yeah. and we're willing to go the length. And, and the fact that you guys have each other is such a big deal. Uh, I'm curious about how how uh, are you supported uh, outside of the business, uh, families, friends? Uh, what do they think about your your endeavors? And how do they support you? Yeah, we are amazingly fortunate um, with that. We've got, I would say I've got a very small um, inner circle these days, um, partly because of being self-employed for 10 years and, and working on sociable hours as a coach. You don't get time to invest in a lot of friendships. It is a, a sacrifice. I'm not in touch really with anybody that I went to university with. or um, So it is a, it's a tight-knit community of people around me. I'll talk for myself and Jacko can jump in around people that are invested in me. Um, I don't know, but my wife is, um, her father is a, is an entrepreneur. He was an architect and he's built a big business. He, he won, he designed a house for Nelson Mandela and he, um, he won African architect of the year for like seven years in the band. So she's seeing the grind of being self-employed. She knows it, but it's also in her as well. She also knows it and loves it. And um, so she understands. So when we're doing the things, we're making the decisions, she's coming from a place of real understanding, empathy, excitement. And then she's in it as well. Like, And, and she really, she now, she, her background is, is marketing and um project management and she's now working as part of our team and and adding value so we like we sit down in our office at 10 o'clock at night the night going i said so this is it, isn't it? this is the life <laughs> look at us sat up at 10 o'clock grafting away for no cash um <laughs> but it's um so i'm really fortunate and my mom and my dad are there as well they don't always i don't think they really understand the digital landscape entirely but i'll they tell are. the story of when your mum asked you about how many you said about the we'd launched like the handstand uh, ebook and and you were telling her how many you'd sold <laughs> did you like? I mean, she's didn't you? She did you? Yeah, she, she's. I think I told her how much we'd made in in like the first month or so. We had a good month when we were the handstand guide, and um, to watch her face when I told her we made that much money, and it wasn't loads. It was like it was it was a reasonable amount. But of she money, thought he's like sold. You said like oh we we'd sold like four thousand pounds worth of yeah. E book. She was like four hundred. Yeah, yeah, like, she was. Yeah, no, like, PDFs. <laughs> Yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> but they, but they're in it. My mum, my mum's a funny one actually because sometimes she she sees how hard we work, and I turn up there sometimes, and I'm, she only lives five minutes down the road, so I see them a lot, and um, I'm tired, and she's like, oh, you can, you know, you can always get a job, um, you can always that would be easier sometimes, and she knows it's not part of me. I wanted to work for myself and have my own business since I was since I can remember since I was a kid, and she knows that, but um, she still does that motherly thing of going, I just want to make your life easier for you. But they're there, they're 100 percent behind us. I don't have any negative voices around me these days everyone is is cheering for us from the sidelines which is great well i'm i'm one of your your cheer cheerleaders <laughs> and uh, i want to be the president of uh, the fan club <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, i'll give you my mom's number you can have a chat to her <laughs> yeah. okay I, I have to compete with her <laughs> that's amazing um that I think your story is really interesting and I, I feel like you guys have come such a long way. And one of the things that I want to touch on here now is uh, perception. You know, if, if I found you guys on, on Instagram alone and I saw you guys have like uh, 140,000 followers or something like that, yeah. uh, I would say, oh, wow, these guys are doing it. They must be living uh, the big life. <laughs> is this something you guys have talked about and, and how can you help me? <laughs> demystify this because because it's it's, it's clearly uh, not the case do you want the do you want the the, 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 the warts and all reality of, of that G give us the I whole reality please I'm, you can buy that 
Huh? If you if you're willing to invest, like it's not that we don't buy followers, but we advertise. So if you want to build a profile, there's a number of different things you have to put content together. It has to be good content. Good, You've yeah. got to create consistently high quality content. But yeah. like we've spoken about before, these social media platforms are pay to play. If you want to advertise and get get reach to an audience, it's a it's a willingness to invest. Yeah, and, we've and done I think we we did it. But we were we were me and Tim had plenty of times you'd you'd see. Um, you come across various different people on Twitter. You'd see them go, "Crikey, they've got like..." I remember seeing, I oh, we used to think someone had got twenty five thousand. Yeah, twenty five thousand like. followers. Like, what are they doing? And they must be doing this, that, or the other. And um, it for us, it's been like, yes, we use um, Facebook adverts and Instagram adverts advertising, and um, but it's been a case of like we've done. Since the day we started, we did a blog every single week yeah. without fail. And that went out on email every single week. And we tried to build uh, one of Ben's things was like, get the, one of the first things we need to do, lads, is we need to get an email list. What we're going to do is we're going to write a blog. Okay, great. So we write a blog and we do it. And, it's, and then from That's there, five, well, f- it's gone. Someone, years, we just did an interview um, on another podcast and the guy in his intro um, described us as... Content monsters. Content, <laughs> content monsters, which I thought was funny. Um, because we literally, at any opportunity we get to film something of us coaching or doing or whatever, um, we do that and we, we film all of our tutorials and everything and we, we put out you know, now we put out one or two bits of content every single day, um, trying to provide value for somebody like from the off. One of my biggest passions was like, if someone wants to learn to do X, they want to learn to do human flag. Success for me is if that person engages with us, they learn the human flag. It's not that they buy the guide we've got for the human flag. That's irrelevant. If they can do that through all the free uh, bits that are on YouTube or on Instagram, that's amazing. Because actually, what? It, yes, we're running a business, so you've got to make some money at some point. But we started this in the first place. I think my voice is taking a little bit of a tank, so I'm getting a bit passionate. We started this in the first place because we wanted to do something different and we had no flipping idea how to do it. We searched on, on YouTube how to do a human flag and, and some bloke just went, you do it like this. And just did one and went, well, that's not, that's literally not helping me at all. I want to, we want to help someone to be able to achieve the thing they want to do. Um, and that's, I guess that's at the the heart of it for us. And if, if people are regularly turning up, putting together good content, um, you know, Gary V says it, the, the, the audience decides like how good your stuff is, not you. So, um, constantly trying to refine it and just constantly turning up every day and providing value for people that if they want to learn to do something then then we've got it there for you and and listening to them when they say oh you know do you do x y z and if we don't then do is that something we want to do or think we can do it if we don't then maybe that's for someone else or but constantly just trying to to but i think that the thing that i meant before that, that i mentioned is around the the investment is you you we was, we've put everything back into the business for a long time before we thought about yeah. taking money out. Um, and people just need to understand that these platforms, Instagram, Facebook, are businesses. There, it's, a, it's an advertising platform, just like people used to pay to put adverts on billboards or in newspapers. Um, you couldn't, you have to publish. Yeah. You've got to put content out there and you've got to get it in front of people and you yeah, have to be able to put financial investment behind that. Otherwise you would, you won't, we, we talked about it the insider weekend. That's, that's the game. It's, it's unfortunate because it's expensive. Um, 
but that's that's at least the it's business a, landscape. And at least these days it's available. Like back before the internet and social media, you didn't have the opportunity if you were a tiny business like ours to invest a hundred pounds in adverts because you just couldn't get on telly or radio for that. So, you know, when we were doing a work, we started off doing workshops. If 10 people came and gave us 20 quid for a workshop, because that's what we literally started with, there's 200 pounds. Well, we could have just paid each other a hundred pound each and gone, great, we got paid today. But we just went, no, that goes, that goes into the business. We're going to spend probably 95% of that on trying to spread the word about, um, about yeah. the scorecard Senex, our free beginner's guide. And it was, it was all based on if you want to learn to do calisthenics, here's the tools to do it, that we, the best thing we can put together for the tools to get started, and it's free. Because we'd actually don't, we're not here to try and actually make money off you. We, we've enjoyed calisthenics and how it's like changed our training, how it's fixed Tim's shoulders, how it's given me motivation, that if you want to do it, we want you to have the, we want to take away the barriers to entry so you can, you can crack on for free. If you don't want to do calisthenics, great, you don't, you don't need us. <laughs> Yeah, and, 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 and it seems like calisthenics is just uh, an excuse to talk about uh, physical health in, yeah. in many different ways. And you guys are clearly embodying that, which is so awesome. Uh, how can people support you guys? Because uh, I'm, I'm rooting for you guys and I want to support you. How, how, can, how can our listeners support you guys? Yeah, and we just appreciate people engaging with us. The big thing that we wanted to do when we started uh, was to to, as I said, make it accessible. But what that's led to is as a community of, of people that's, that's come around us. And we feel really fortunate um, to have some amazing people that are, are part of the School of Calisthenics. Um, and I think, so we're not asking for anything in return. If people want to support us, it's just to become part of the community and engage and, and, and have interactions with us. Like, I know you're dedicated to the same thing, but if, if someone sends us a message on, on Instagram, it is Jacko or, or I that sits there and replies at 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday. Like, we, we're still in the bath. very much in. Yeah, I don't hear the video replies in the back. <laughs> We're still very much invested in giving people that value and, and creating those relationships. And I think, and if that, if they get some enjoyment out of that and they want to come and see it as a workshop, then that is entirely up to them. But if they're interested in in, um, in, in calisthenics or, or the sorts of messaging that we're putting out, then that's just become part of the community. And yeah. and that that means communicating with each with the other people yeah. that are within the community as well. And there's it's been we did um, in the summer we did um, our handstand world record attempt, which we're still waiting to hear back from Guinness on whether that was successful or not. <laughs> we um, needed one more car, but we, you were in Frankfurt. <laughs> yes, you didn't come, did you? Oh, man. We're one short, I think. But um, we, we, we ended up in person meeting all these people that had been engaging together. It was, it was amazing. We were meeting them, but then they were also meeting each other, all these people that they'd been talking to each other and showing each other their progress and helping and supporting each other and encouraging each other. And it's a real privilege for us to like be a part of that and just to help sort of amalgamate that to, to happen. But... Um, them then meeting in person, um, training together the day before. If they it came was wicked. Yes, yeah. there's it's people so cool. flown in from all over Europe and stuff. A guy come from South Africa and like um, that. That that day really blew us away and actually really opened up our eyes. We were like, "What on earth have we created? Like this this community of people." It, it, it that really did blow us away. Um, and that isn't that side of it is happen again organically happened through. I don't know. Like, we just do our thing. Like if someone sends us a question, like I'm going to, you're going to answer it. And if someone wants some help and support, we're quite positive people, I guess, in that, uh, just like, 
if if someone sends us a, a photo of them doing a handstand and or a video, and the the text that supports that is clearly super excited and they're proud of what they've done the message they get from back from us is that's amazing you've redefined your possible we think you're awesome we don't turn back and go that's flipping we might worst. say you want to perhaps yeah. work on this thing to it's like you did to me yesterday carl i put i'd not done a single hand hand activation and it was flipping awful but i was on my hand for as tight there was it was when I watched the video back, it was very different to how it felt when I was upside down. And I did yeah, pause. Yeah, you felt like you were there for a minute. Yeah, I paused for a minute and I was like, I was not going to post it. And I thought, that's not what it's about. Like you, all the way back to that quote you started at the beginning, like I, we're not perfect, our journey's not perfect. And that is the whole point that actually um, it's, it's, it is, it's that journey that's um, important. And we want to help people with that. And just on a, like what I'm saying about us being, we'll constantly be, just our personality of when we're um, trying to like that whole thing we're saying um, we might be on the way to which it's going to be all right isn't it like oh this is going on this is going and almost can't help but just want to help people and and make people have a a better day like it it for me it starts to then snowball because then people go you don't realize you're doing it we we like make people fill in a feedback form sometimes for workshop and someone will go well read we'll read it on the way back and i'll be like this was just really passionate about and i'll be like oh are we i get well if they're saying it, is it maybe i don't even realize like it's it's sort of happening or doing it and then as soon as someone someone sends you a message going oh man that like that really helped me and thank you for actually uh, it makes me sad actually when it does it, this ma- this makes me sad when someone can't believe that someone's replied to their message so they go oh, I didn't even think you were going to ask and I'll say well you must have done because otherwise you wouldn't have bothered putting the question in the first place um, but it happens because I did it to you I didn't think you was going to reply to be fair um, but it makes me sad that people think that just because someone to go back to that number just because someone's got a big number of followers on their social media that they're not going to be bothered about another human being that's actually reaching out to them to ask for some help um, and what's nice is now we get to that, that impact as you, we get now get to rather than impact one person in one hour you know say 10,000 people watch your video well a certain number of those might be impacted positively mm. as many as possible hopefully I love it. I love it. I, it's it's really inspiring, and I, I think it's just uh, such a cool thing. And and to see you guys doing it inspires me to want to continue doing it myself. So uh, I guess a thank you for that. Well, you're doing a great job as well, <laughs> guys. Um, one last question. So uh, I was thinking about the 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 group of people that got together to do the world record handstand. Um, if the school of calisthenics uh, were to disappear tomorrow and your legacy were to be carried on by this group of people that you guys uh, got to hang out with uh, and try to beat that world record, what would you guys uh, tell them as your final words to to send them off uh, and, and carry the legacy? That is a hell of a question. So I've got goosebumps, Carlos. <laughs> that, he's happy with this. He knows that that's a good question. <laughs> Do you want to go first? Uh, you can go first. I'll try and have a. Th- I'm going to wreck my brains for a little bit. I need to take a breath. Yeah, think about it. Take it. Take a breath. Yeah, for for me, there's two things that that spring to mind, um, and it it would be it would be trying to empower them to go and influence other people positively. So go and share positivity. Go and be nice to people. Um, and I think that probably before I go down a rabbit hole on that one, um, that's, that's so much about what I think the world needs more of is people with the 
um, the confidence to just go and proactively be positive, to encourage other people despite them not being perfect. And it goes back to where we started. Like we're not perfect. None of us are perfect, but some people will potentially put themselves above others and, and there becomes this sort of this strange online sort of environment. Um, but just what we've found is we haven't tried to build, we didn't start off trying to build what we've, what we now sit as part of. Um, we've just tried to support people to do something they didn't think that they could do. And what has been reciprocated through that to us, as Jacko said before, just blows us away. And I think that what I've learned, it's not that you've learned that we weren't doing it before, but what is being reinforced for me is just, just be nice to people, be positive, just like encourage people. And then my second one of that is don't, don't ever be too afraid or shy to play. Have fun, explore things that make you smile, make you happy, that are fulfilling, that add value to your life and make you a better person. Um, and I think that's one thing that we've loved about Calisthenics. It started off as, okay, I want to do a human flag because it looks cool. Whereas now what we've found is that it's it's about, yes, the physical well-being, it's good for our mental well, well-being, our mental health. Um, it encourages us to engage and have community with other people, which is something as humans that we, we benefit from and it, and it brings happiness. So do more of it. That's that's what the essence of play is, is do it while it's enjoyable and fun and when it changes, change it. Um, but I think people become too restricted on not wanting to give themselves the freedom to do that. Um, and whatever that looks like, whether that's doing handstands or whether it's obstacle course racing or if it's CrossFit or whatever, painting, music, doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, that'd be my underlying thing. It's going to be nice. <laughs> I would then throw on the top of that of go... Um, our, our, what's this? Not the slogan. I was going to say catchphrase. Our slogan: of read, redefine your impossible. I would say to the like to to instill that. Just say, remember when that other thing was impossible. So whatever, whatever you're trying to do now, individually, but then also collectively, remember what the remember that thing that you used to think was impossible. And you know you did that. And then try to just take that and enjoy that journey. And then individually, enjoying the struggles through that, but then collectively, because that's what's been the biggest thing is how people are part of that, helping that. Like, we might get a message from someone saying, oh, so blah, 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 that was in inspiring. And actually, I always throw it back to them because it gets me pumped up to go and try and do something in the gym. when I Because sometimes I see people, I'm like, We've we've seen a couple of people in person, but then also online, like go, hi, here's my like handstand or flag graduation. And you're looking at them going, you know, not in a nice way, going physically, you don't look like you're strong enough to be able to do that. And it's amazing. And then it, it, it starts the whole redefining fossil thing in, in my own head. And so um, encouraging them to like keep pushing those boundaries. And those boundaries might not be the boundaries set by the world that, you know, of what the world thinks is like amazing and and impossible that might be for like 67 year old sally who just did a frog stand in a front room for the first time and she's never done exercise before and all she used to do is sit on the couch like that's redefining your impossible um, and then she tells her friend about it and and it's and it just and it starts to spread like that it doesn't have to be that someone did the world record of x yeah. um you don't always have to be the best do you no, 
I love it. Guys, thank you so much. This is amazing. Where, where can people find you? Uh, where can people follow you? Yeah, so if you, if you <laughs> as you say, we, we're content monsters. We, we're pretty much all over. So if you, if you can, um, schoolofcalisthenics.com is our web address. Um, and if you search for School of Calisthenics on Instagram or Facebook, you'll find us. Uh, same on YouTube. Um, and you can sign up to get our email. We, we, we've actually just, in January, we've launched our um, virtual classroom which is our online community of people where we've got all of our content, we've modulized it all. So if you want to learn a, a movement-specific uh, calisthenics goal, like a handstand or a human flag, we've broken it all down. It's very much a part of troubleshooting all the stuff that we've talked about, about what we uh, are passionate about is implemented into that. So we're in there as well. We're part of the community. So you can literally ask us questions. and we're doing live webinars. We've got yeah. work. You can follow Tim's training program if you want to be be just like Tim. Yeah, education platform for us to share sort of training science. Like we, we've gone all in on this one and, and that's going to be real, the hub of calisthenics moving, for, of school of calisthenics for us moving forward. So have a look at the virtual classroom and, and come and, and, and hang out because it's, a, it's going to be cool. That is awesome. Thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. I think we did it. Uh, that's that's amazing. Thank you for taking the time and, and for making this happen. I know you guys have busy, busy days, so no, no, uh, I really appreciate it. And I know that the listeners probably appreciate it, too. No, no. Thank you for having us on, Carl. It's, yeah. uh, so thank yeah, you. We did it. We did it. <laughs> yeah. This is the first Woo! time we've talked about some of this stuff, so you, yeah. uh, we haven't yeah, really yeah. delved. No one's really spoken to us about the business side of stuff It's before, nice to so go. It's great. It's nice to do it rather than it. just uh, tell us the next progression for a flag. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, you, you know exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. We, we got to change the conversation. That's about it, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Hold on, wait, wait. Don't just stop. The podcast hasn't quite finished yet. We need a little bit of help from you. I'm sure you enjoyed that podcast. We loved it. It was great, wasn't it? But uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on it. Please share the podcast if you uh, enjoyed it and want someone else to listen to it. Give us uh, some feedback, either in a message or a review on iTunes. That would be absolute gold to us. And if you haven't yet subscribed, I know some of you are listening and you haven't subscribed, you're going to miss one if you don't subscribe. So make sure you do subscribe to the podcast too. I mean, the reality is they're getting better and better all the time. So you don't want to miss one. But the other thing you don't want to miss is the virtual classroom. It is open and it is thriving. There are people in there redefining their impossible using our bar muscle up, our handstand classes they're engaging in the community they're loving the workouts of the week so guys if you want to get serious about your training for your calisthenics get over there have a look at it you can play around with some of the free content you can see everything that's on there the full course overview we just love it if you come over and join the school of calisthenics virtual classroom because we are so excited it has got the absolute best of everything that we have got in there and we are sure you're going to love it best place for you to learn calisthenics in a supportive community and me and tim are in there 24 7 it's online open all hours and you can use the virtual classroom to help you redefine your impossible today so we'll see you then until the next time we get together on a podcast for a playground session class dismissed uh.